0: Hi guys, and welcome to Heavy Metal Tones, episode three with your podcast host Tony Evans. Um, this week we're going to be looking back at the episode I just did, which was at the end I had a ramble as I normally do about um, the thought of uh, you know lost heroes and lost hero lineups, and what would be amazing to see them again uh, in different lineups. Now, so what I've done is I've put together a list of um, fallen heroes of mine. Now this list is not you know it's not fully flushed out if it was fully flushed out my god I'd I'd be here all day just talking about that this is going to be just sort of each part of the band I've got five um, members which we can choose from Um, I'd love you to send me information go on my uh, email address which is heavy tones all one word at gmail.com and give me an idea of your um, top five or top band from the list I've made or your own list or go to my facebook page which is album uh, and all things metal. Um, that would be another good idea to go and do that for me. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't want to, if I've left anyone out or left anything out, please don't have a go. It's just again, uh, I sat down the other night and thought, what do I do? Uh, I've mixed the genres as well. It's not just heavy metal, I mean, of course, as I told you before, I like all sorts of music, but I try to keep it in that heavier feel. Um, I'll sort of go through each member and then, you know, why I think that's the case. Um, and then maybe we could you know, uh, think of a funny name or an interesting name for the band at the end. Or if I don't think of one at the end, at least um, you could email me again or my Facebook page and let us know what you think the name would be. Okay, so we we'll to start with as you would. We we'll start with singers. Now, the singers are—it's a bit tricky because there's so many. Is there not? Right. Okay. So in my number one. And again, this isn't in order, this is just one to five, okay? Um, I've got Phil Linnett of of Thin Lizzy. Uh, I've always, I mean, he's one of my favourite singers of all time. The fact that he plays the bass as well. There's a crossover in the bass there, I think, you know. um, Towering uh, front man, much maligned, unfortunately. One of the first Irish rock stars, you know, and black as well. And the fact that he just never let anyone get to him. He just wrote music because he loved writing music he was a rock and roll personified in the 70s i reckon um, of course what a great lineup so he had yeah. in gary wall just amazing really in at two yeah, I jumped from the metal here to a punk i've got pete shelley from uh, the Buzzcocks. now we sadly lost him three or four years ago maybe a bit longer now and uh he uh, of all the punk singers, and I love a lot, all most of them, uh, Shelley's um, sort of wistful pop sensibilities, his ability to um, write a catchy, interesting song um, had to be in the list. I just had to put him in there because, um, again, I could find other like, heavy metal singers that are sadly gone. So actually, not a lot of them, to be fair. You might know more than I do, but I'd say that Pete Shelley is definitely there for me. Uh, In at number um, 3, again I've got Lemmy, how can you not have Lemmy? Now I've, I would have him on bass as well, but you know, I could cross him over and I probably will cross him over into bass But I'm more, when I think of Lemmy, I don't think of him as a bass player I mean, He plays the bass guitar and he plays a thunderous he, But I've always thought of him as just that, you know, that dirty rock and roll sound, even from when he was with um, Hawkwind right through to his you know I mean this face it, it you know Pete Shelley Lemmy good in the list because Levy is a crossover punk singer. Uh, and you love that punk crossover with them, you know the damn did that single with him. You know, but they are he really truly I think personifies that gritty, dirty, heavy metal front man front man. Um, in at four I've got Ronnie James Dio. Now I am not a big fan of Ronnie James yeah. Dio as a singer. Uh, as a, I, but I just love his, um, his theatricality, um, I like his, uh, the way that he, he sort of lived rock and roll but also the invented of devil horn, so come on, we have to have him on the list. I mean, again, sadly, I story about him, I had free tickets to see him with Heaven and Hell uh, at the Wollongong, in Wollongong, but I didn't go because I had a job interview that day and instead of, which I didn't get in the end anyway, sadly, but I didn't go. Uh, a friend of mine went up there and you know, called me from outside the theatre, as they were, um, tuning up. And I thought, I said to him, Dave, no, don't worry, mate, you know, we're going to see him on again soon. And what did he do? He died not soon after. So uh, there's one of those regrets it had in music. And in five, I've got in one here, I've got Chuck Scholdiner from Death. Now, if I've said that wrong, I apologise, but uh, I had to have something that was... More extreme in the list and really you did become more extreme than Chuck I mean what a guitarist what a what a what a brutal vocalist um, you know Taken Too Young amazing um, uh, you know, amazing vision for his music uh, he loved his band and they all the incantations of his band I mean he just he always played from the heart and it was brutal and but beautiful at the same time I'll just say that anyway that's the Singers. If, you, if you've got any more, I mean, I didn't put in Honourable mentions. I didn't put Freddie Mercury in there. For me, it was too obvious. I just, you know, John Lennon. Um, I mean, I could, you know, um, even even Jimi Hendrix. I just didn't do it because I wanted to be something. I mean, it's easy for us to sit down and write and a lot for those names, but to sit down and think of others that were meant to more to you but were a little bit more... I know, in the background. I think that's that's the I'm looking at. Now, we're moving on to first guitar, okay? Because this band has, my band has two guitarists. Um, first guitar, what do we got? We've got Gary Moore. Now, I could have had him crossover in Singers, but Gary Moore is my favorite guitarist of all time. Bar no. I love him to bits, okay? So, all I can say is, yeah, brilliant. What a guitarist. Um, he crossed all the genres, you know, blues, jazz, heavy rock, heavy metal. He was there. I mean, obviously, we all remember him now for uh, his blues odysseys from the sort of late 80s onwards. Um, he just has this ability, when he picks the guitar up, when he picks the guitar up, it was so um, beautiful and so violent and so um, in love with... Uh, Soul of blues and rock and roll that is infectious. Uh, another sad one, never got to see in my life, but anyway, we miss you, Gary. I well, know I do. Um, second is Randy Rhodes. Now, I've got Randy Rhodes on there because, come on, again, you yeah. know, this is a heavy metal podcast. We can't have not have hand Randy Rhodes. Um, small in stature, big in sound. Beautiful classical guitarist. Just, you know, his flying V. Ah, just his, just the solos, you know, um, stuff you know, stuff he's, he did on Suicide Solution, and uh, I mean, I could name hundreds of his guitar works, but really, it's just what he did with Ozzy, just brought the best out of Ozzy. I think I mean, obviously Tony did, Tony was there, he's a genius. But um, Randy, of all the guitarists that Ozzy played with, really, Zach Wilde, sorry to say, great guitarist but one dimensional, whereas. Um, Randy had all sorts of facets to his music sadly lost um, number three I've got, I've got Jeff Hanneman now Jeff Hanneman from Slayer I love Slayer, I've seen Slayer on every well I saw Slayer on every world tour up until their last that uh, downloaded years ago, sadly again we lost Jeff Hanneman he uh, the guitarist of Slayer really was a guitarist of Slayer Kerry King has one sound and if he didn't have a flying bee sorry if he didn't have a, um, a floating bridge If he didn't have his Floyd Rose He would never solo I mean, sorry if you listened to this um, You're not going to listen to this anyway If you did listen to this, yeah Look, you're a great guitarist, obviously You're better than me I can't play any like you that's, that's for sure And you're great live But really, Jeff had had the chops there In the van, I think So missed. Um At four, I've got Eddie Van Halen Now, he's in that obvious list, right? It's an obvious there's like, oh, I could have picked out someone else, but fresh in the mind, losing him uh, last this year, um, he just I, I, my best friend at school. He bought in a tape. Well, my birthday was in the school holidays in the UK in March, and I came back in off my school holidays, and he brought me two tapes. Actually, yes, two tapes. He bought me Van Halen, um, 5110, and bought me. Um, Iron Maiden's uh, Live After Death. Now I'll love him for that forever because I mean I already had Live After Death on a, on a, like a copy. This was a genuine copy, which was great. And you know the thing about um, the thing about uh, Van Halen was yes, I know the 5110 is not the um, obvious album choice for them but it's just something that introduced me, and of course I went back and to Eruption and some like of that, and of course just the, the speed, agility, far you know, it was just pure basic rock and roll, that had tapping, now the tapping wasn't invented by him, I'm going to stand here. it wasn't. Steve Hackett, Genesis, actually started tapping the, the, the much sooner than that, earlier in the, on um, uh, Selling England by the Pound back in, back in the uh, early 70s, so it wasn't, I think, I, I mean, he never said he was influenced by Steve but I probably think he was. Anyway, that aside, Van Halen, bow on the guitar. And then at five, I've got Fast Eddie Clark from uh, from Motorhead again. When you want guitar and you want rock and roll, you either want one or two things. You want it to be clean, virtuosic, and uh, and note perfect, or you want it to be dirty, filthy hard and I have to say that I'm in that category. I prefer to hear a really lo-fi, um, crunching, Gibson, overdriven rock and roll guitar than a lot of these. and I'm, look, Don't get me wrong, I, I do enjoy Steve Vai and all those sort of, you know, Eddie, Jim um, Armstein and all that sort of stuff. It's fun at the time and you know, um, the guys from Dragon Force and all that sort of I mean, it is, they're, they're amazing, technical, but with some of that technicality, you do lose the emphasis of rock and roll, and I think that's why, like Eddie's, the dirty than rock and roll. Anyway, on to Guitar 2. Now, Guitar 2, this is more a, not so much a heavy metal, but more an influence for me. Um, I've got in number one, Albert King. Now, I didn't say this in the first episode I really love blues guitar I love blues in general and again that's why again Gary Moore is on that list but Alvin King is my favorite blue black blues guitarist Um, he's played all his solos on one string he's a towering six foot six man with a flying V he played from the heart he played he played beautiful blues Um, honestly if you get a chance please go and grab even if it's just like a best of um, crosscut saw, and, and uh, you know, all these things that you, I mean, if you listen to any of the Gary Moore albums, uh, uh, his blues albums, you'll hear a lot of Albert King covers influence. I, I think he played with Albert King before he passed away. I could be wrong, I, I'm sure that's right. Um, anyway, another uh, two, the greatest white blues guitarist of them all, uh, and he's who, who, and connected to Gary Moore via his guitar and to his guitar to Metallica. With, um, is uh, Peter Green. Peter Green, uh, again if you don't know who Peter Green is, um, he's the original member of uh, uh, Mac Mack, uh, went on a, a drug trip, um, which fried his mind and uh, he left and the band changed. They went from being uh, a truly innovative uh, blues driven English white blues band to Uh, just a sort of a bland pop band i'm sorry Again, i'm not i'm not a fan of the non-peter green years but um, just youtube albatross and have a listen to it it's just it is an instrumental piece that i find soothing and beautiful um his his ability to make that 56 gibson scene is second to none again peter we miss you Um, three in this list is Greg Lake Greg Lake from Emerson Lake and Palmer there's my credentials coming out there Um, it is a he played guitar played 12 string, played bass played 6 string he sang Um, he started writing songs when he was 11 and 12 Oh Lucky Man uh, he wrote when he was 12 again, I urge you to go and listen to Oh Lucky Man you can get on Spotify or you can watching on YouTube, people think, oh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, overblown, bloated keyboard solos and classical music-driven bar orientated pieces. Yes, they are. You don't go into them thinking, I'm going to listen to um, this because it's going to be five minutes. You go in with lots of time to spare. Um, Please, if you don't listen to A Lucky Man, please listen to 20th, 20th century schizoid man just you're not um, you're not going to regret that one at all anyway yeah moving on in four another blues white blues man Rory Gallagher again one of these people I'm sure that a lot of people in the know will know him a lot of people out there won't know him so I open up my eyes to some people here Rory Gallagher um, Irish um, blues guitarist uh, very much in the kin sort of I think the hero Gary Moore, before Gary Moore and around the sort of same time towards his life, he died very young his live work is just tremendous uh, it's, it's accessible blues so it's not the you know impenetrable bluegrass blues that people cannot get into it's just sumptuous uh, it's, it's fast, it's, it, it's dynamic he, he knows how to play slow. He knows how to play fast. Every note is audible. He it, again. Uh, I urge you, please go out and look for anything of the, uh, of the Rory Gallagher albums. You can buy them now because he's getting uh, he's getting a, a new lease of life with the relo- with the revival of vinyl, a lot of people reissuing these albums. Um, again, the wealth of YouTube and of Spotify. Go and give them a go. Again, Mr. Rory uh, and very last again on the 80s another white blues guitarist <laughs> uh, who died too young again in an air, air accident just like um, Randy Rose I'm obviously talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan Stevie Ray Vaughan um, uh, actually Stevie Ray Vaughan played with Alvin King don't think it was Gary Moore. anyway but I could be wrong. Stevie Ray Vaughan, we all know it hat with a scarf around it he's um, Fender guitar. He, he's. I'm a guitar nerd, so I love this stuff. If you're not a guitar nerd, then, oh, I don't mean really, just still give it a go. I mean, if you haven't heard any Stevie Ray Vaughan, where have you been? and if you do know Stevie Ray Vaughan, then as soon as this podcast pauses, if you want, right now go and play some Stevie, or wait till you finish, and put some on in, in, in tribute to the man. I think. Above all the white blues guitarists outside of Peter Green, he's probably—I well, think it goes Peter Green, in my opinion—Gary Moore, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, Rory Gallagher. And then, you know what? I'm going to put Clapton down down the list. Innovative, brilliant up till the um, Israeli Gears. Beyond that, I think he just became a. Uh, oh, no, I really love. August '88. 1988, um, apart from that he became very really one-dimensional uh, anyway that's another different story in another mode but yeah Stevie Ray Vaughan is the, is the, is the last in that list so you can see the first part's more heavy stuff, the second part's more influential to those heavy people because I don't think without list two you wouldn't have list one anyway moving on we're going to go on to base well, we're going to go on to base Okay, so guys, um, the guys at the basement asked me to mention to you that if you want to order food from their restaurant, Chompy's, which is situated at the back of the venue, you can still if you're within a 6 kilometer radius of the restaurant. So you can go to Chompy's, that is at bit.ly forward slash Chompy's, that's bit.ly forward slash Chompy's, that's C-H-O-M-P-Y-S, word, and you can order your food and alcohol from there. Lucky you. I wish I could. i too far away. They also want me to mention that as of the 14th and 15th of January next year, there's the Canberra Metal Fest. The tickets are available at www.canberrametalfest.com.au They're $120 a ticket. There's going to be lots of people on the lineup. There's so many on there already, but I want you to go over and discover it for yourself before you go and find what bands you like. And even if there's not a band that you like, I'd buy a ticket and support the local community, the local bands and get some music back on the streets back in the, the twenty two. So that's www.canberametalfest.com.au That's www.canberametalfest.com.au $120 a ticket Um, And you'll be supporting local music and local venues I'll be there, I'll see you there Welcome back guys, part 2 Bass players, now I've got a bit of correction there I apologise, I did say 5110 It's 5150 is the Van Halen album Uh, don't know why I put 5110, I think that could be something to do with it. yes, but anyway it's 5150, thank you Justin for giving me that on tape, I don't have any more but I have it on vinyl I'd uh, love to find my tape somewhere, I'm sure I have it somewhere in the archives, anyway on to bass players, now this is something that's very close to me as a bass player myself, or a right wannabe bass player, I sort of have quite a few in there, sadly to five Um, there's a few here some you will know some you might not know the ones you don't know please uh, as i said make make note go and find them Um, when i get my uh, website up and running properly eventually i'll have that list printed anyway but uh, go and have a look so in at number one again is not in any order but the the father of them all, the best bass player sadly to not be with us anymore is John Edwistle from The Who He took bass playing from being a bit part player sitting one octave below the uh, guitar line uh, just plodding along to something uh, bouncy, individual and and an instrument inside, right I know that Paul McCartney is also one of those people who, in fact probably is the one to originate that he's not passed on thank goodness and that's not what this is about anyway for me John Entwistle so you know it started when I was uh, listening to my brother Michael Couldn't Michael uh, Michael at the Who yeah Michael's Who record collection um, and just being, you know, this amazing uh, rock and roll, but with sort of uh, a different sound I hadn't heard before. I remember going uh, with my the very first record I ever bought with my own money, and I said this before was John uh, was the Who's Who by Numbers. Um, went to Boots, the chemist, and Brent Cross, and went to the counter for the record. My brother who gave me the money to buy it, and the, record, the guy behind the counter was like, I mean, at this time chemist sold records, amazing, right? But he said, um, do you really want this? This is for you. And my brother's like, he's got good taste. Give him the record. <laughs> uh, it was a, re- a reissue at the time, of course. And I wasn't, I wasn't buying records, when it was first issue. Um, it was for 82, maybe. Anyway, around there. Uh, and John, you know, when I was getting to learn the bass, I actually came in through ba- into bass through... Um, a different room through Iron Maiden and actually through Sid Vicious and please I'm not going to have this conversation with people about Sid Vicious couldn't play his instrument um, I don't want to swear on this podcast I could if you let me I'm not going to say it. it wasn't about the guitar playing it was about the rock and roll and the spirit of rock and roll anyway yeah. so Johnny Etrussell so he was an ex-trumpet trumpet player so really strong fingers and a original musical sense and so a massive towering man so his bass playing I'm going to put in this list now, next to him, I'm going to put Chris Squire in the same line. He's not in my list, but he's in my honourable mention because both of them had the same ability. They were both toweringly big men. They played their basses like they were lead guitars. They took the instrument away from being a one-dimensional octave, um, you know, just along with the drummer, to something, you know, the bass solo in in, uh, my generation really. Um, If you really want to see a bass player play uh, something that will blow your mind, Google uh, his last tour, I think it's his last tour, one of his last tours with The Who. um, It's, uh, now, one second, I'm going to pause it because I need to remember what that song is. Back guys, yeah, sorry. 515, I do it, I just had an old man moment The um, bass over uh, on YouTube, you can get it now uh, It's called Entwistle 515 Bass Solo um, And it is just phenomenal He plays it on his vulture bass With his signature basses, he had hundreds and hundreds of His vulture bass was his signature one Beautiful weird shape, uh, very dynamic um, Yeah, very, used, very rarely used to pick Like all the great bass players uh, John Entwistle, Chris Squire, as I mentioned, uh, Steve Harris, Jacob Pastorius. they're not pick players, they play the instrument and feel it through the body, it's amazing, amazing. So anyway, moving on. Second on the list is Jack Bruce. Now he is in my could be singer list as well, because he's also, he was also a fantastic blues singer, Comes from that uh, technical jazz background. Was the bass player in creep Again, if you haven't heard Jack Bruce's bass parts, um, I highly recommend just going. Really, firstly, just go and get Disraeli Gears*. If you haven't, if you don't own Disraeli Gears*, then shame on you, because we all should own copies of Disraeli Gears*. It's not only is it one of the greatest album covers ever made and actually um, illustrated by an australian but it's also the greatest psychedelic album of this era people say sergeant pepper sergeant pepper was too pop for psychedelia it was psychedelia but pop i think that uh, where uh the israeli gears um Sunshine of Your Love, I'm just jumping out of that train of thought there, you know. Uh, Tale of Ulysses, I mean, it's just oh, it's brilliant. Clapton, I think it is very best. And I'm going to talk about the drummer, he's in my list. But, you know, the first real power trio, first real super group. Uh, and the one, I mean, like all those great albums, one album for me, really. I mean, they've made other albums, of course they did, but one album, you know. Never mind the Pollux, uh, it was that one album that you just you didn't need to make. Uh, really Gears is another one, um, really. And uh, I even think that for The Police, I think that man's the more. But uh, I know the cycle. So Jack Bruce, upright bass, electric bass, fretless bass, just played them all wonderful. Now, of course, we are in a heavy with podcast, as I said before, so I on to our. The, first little bass player that I've got on my list is Cliff Burke I am you know I'm not really a big um, I'm not really a big Metallica fan first three albums I think, I think up till the moment that Cliff left would have passed away it so from mm. the, after that I, I just got a little bored I don't really think they're that talented sorry it's going to polarise people but nah not my sort of thing again Cliff had a sense of rhythm, a sense of different uh, individuality. He could headbang one rhythm and play another, or glue denim with peace symbols. He was just—I think he was the heart and soul of that band. Like, like uh, to be fair, like Steve Harris with made. Um, yeah, no, he went too early. Uh, what a shame there. I just don't think they really had the same direction after he left. But one of the greatest heavy world bass players of all really Moving on from there because we're running out of time a bit here. Uh, Raven, Raven, for Killing Joke, Killing Joke. Are my f- I keep saying i got favourites, but they really, truly, are one of my all-time favourite bands. And um, when Youth left uh, in the mid '80s, Raven came in. Uh, uh, you know, dark, foreboding, uh, aggressive, pick player, pick player. But with that kind of music, they play. That's the case. That's how it would be. I mean, youth was a, a finger player, Mix a finger and and, and uh, pick. But um, Raven, yeah. Again, if you don't know his work, uh, get onto things like. Uh, I mean, look, most of us will know. I love like blood, 80s. There are about those sort of the later about albums. Um, yeah, like nighttime. Uh, Say, yeah, I think Nighttime's the is what most people will know because it has the singles off from from uh, '80s and I said Love Like Blood. But just check out the Raven era, I uh, said so mid '80s to he died about uh, 12, 13 years ago, maybe longer. And then, and then um, Youth came back in. But uh, if you don't know what genre they are, they they invented industrial music. They're a post-punk band, a post-apocalyptic band. But when you see them live, to send you into a trance. I, I've seen them so many times, but every time I come out, I go, did I really see them, I was in such a rhythmic trance. They're, they're uh, into mysticism and, uh, and the occult. Yeah, just wonderful. Anyway, and last on the list is one for my mate, Millsy. Uh, I'm a big, I'm, I was never a big fan of, of this band when I was very young I got into them later in life it's UFO so Pete Way he died I think last year Pete Way the Stripey Pants hey hang on who does that? Steve Harris interesting eh? Hey? Uh, he he just again just bouncy fun anthemic bass playing. nothing spectacular nothing uh out of the ordinary he wasn't breaking ground he wasn't doing modal stuff that no one else had ever done he just played that um, just accompanied the drummer of course you know Schenkner he it just it, it really just made fun music and I think I have to. all the you know musicians we have on our list a lot of them are very serious I think Pete White was more influential than you'd know I mean particularly new album movement but yeah uh, just a brilliant bass player. Again, go out there, go find some Pete UFO, put it on loud and have some fun. So we're going to move swiftly on, after next break, onto drummers. See you on the other side. Okay so guys um, the guys at the basement asked me to mention to you that if you want to order food from their restaurant Chompies, uh, which is situated at the back of the venue you can still if you're within a 6 kilometer radius of the restaurant. So you can go to Chompy's, that is at bit.ly forward slash Chompy's, that's bit.ly forward slash Chompy's, that's C-H-O-M-P-Y-S, word. And you can order your food and alcohol from there. Lucky you, I wish I could, I'm too far away. They also want me to mention that as of the 14th and 15th of January next year, there's the Canberra Metal Fest. The tickets are available at dot. CanberraMetalFest.com.au They're $120 a ticket There's going to be lots of people on the lineup. There's so many on there already But I want you to go over and discover it for yourself Before you go and find what band you like And even if there's not a band that you like i buy a ticket and Support the local community, the local bands And get some music back on the streets Back in, t- in the 22 So that's www.CanberraMetalFest.com.au That's www.CanberraMetalFest.com.au $120 a ticket Um, and you'll be supporting local music and local venues. I'll be there, I'll see you there. Welcome guys back to the last part of the show. Um, Now we're on to drummers. Uh, Like any other member of the band it seems that the drummers seem to be the ones that end up um, crashing and burning really, isn't it? You know, there's more drummers on the list than there should be and there's more drummers on the list um, that I can't name. There's too many of them. Anyway. Um, in at number one, again these are not in order guys, you know that I said earlier, it's just where i in the list. I've got Cozy Pau. Um, Cozy Pau, um, a drummer since the late 60s right through to when he passed away sadly in the uh, early 90s. Um, I saw him with Sabbath, um, uh, Headless Cross tour, Hammer was in, remember this, it was in April. And it was 1989. Uh, wow, you know, I mean, I obviously got to see um, Bill Ward later on, but uh, you know, Cozy. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, N.I.B. is a tricky drumming track at the best of times, but he took it to a different level. I mean, in a in a in a Sabbath lineup that wasn't really that strong, apart from my favourite singer of Sabbath, actually outside of Ozzy, which is Tony Martin. Um, wasn't you know, wasn't the strongest of locknups and you know, but I still consider um, Headless Cross and TYRs as two of my favourite that's you know, sadly he died in a car accident. He was on his way at home in a country lane, he was on his on his phone to his wife. Um, speed, alcohol, uh, drugs and rock and roll is what he lived for. And sadly he was near but hey cozy what a drummer now. Honestly, just going, to it. Go, go and Wikipedia, it, go and find the it with it. Is. Just brilliant. I mean, sort of that uh, bridge between your, your, your heavy rock into your heavy metal, you know, I don't think he would call himself a heavy metal drum, if he he's just a rock cover. Really. Um, the next one on the list, of course, the first, the great, uh, Keith Moon. Now, Keith Moon does sit in that list of, um, hey, too obvious, because you could put one of them, and I'm not going to. I'd put Keith Moon in this list because without Keith Moon, I mean, I've, I'm, I've said it before, I've said it again, I'm not a Led Zeppelin fan, it's been too many t- years of my youth listening to them and to the point where now it just pours me the tears. Um, but Keith Moon, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't just that he innovated and, and created a sound unlike any other heard, heard before, that he created a, a big sound with his kit Small kit, even if he could just do it. He could hit those skins like they were going, they oh, were just going to explode. He had rhythm and he had syncopation. Now I believe he didn't have much fibre in <laughs> his diet. No, sorry, I'm really joking. That's, that's not true. It's, it's, I was joking. But anyway, he was uh, him and it was combined just rock solid, like just like just like um, Steve Harris and uh, Nick McGrane, just rocks. Anyway, uh, some funny stories, and what I love about his also everyone remembers him chucking, you know, his TVs out the window, uh, his uh, Rolls Royce in the swimming pool. But my favourite story of his is, is during the recording of, um, uh, uh, filming of uh, Tommy, um, he knew that Oliver Reed and Roger Daltrey couldn't swim, so he took the boat out with them during on lunch. He has a boat uh, where they were filming from the coast, and go, let's go some fishing. He got them drunk on the boat. While they were passed out, took the keys, put them in his pocket, jumped overboard and swam back to the shore. And when uh, the director was asking where um, where the lads were, well, they were stuck in a boat, but a half kilometre shore, couldn't swim, couldn't get back. That's a key I mean, that's what I love about people. There's many stories like that, but that's the heart and soul of the, soil that I love. Um, the three, a very sad one, I think, for me, recently actually. Was Neil Pierce the die of, of of Rush? Is it Pierre uh, What? What a drama. I mean, not a flashy character, not a, a rock and roll uh, monster. monster. Quite Canadian, wrote most of the lyrics wrote you know, um, he was an author I believe. Just he was rock he just had this progressiveness to him that wasn't progressive. I mean, people put Rush in progressive but I, I don't see it. I mean, it is there slightly, but they're more, uh, just, just, I don't know, they're, they're home catch, but anyway. He had more pieces to his drum kit than any other drum mm-hmm. I've ever seen. He played every single one of them. I mean, everyone remembers the Cowbell intro to YYZ, you know, um, I mean, trying to pick a favourite album that he plays on is tough, because I love all the Rush albums, but I remember moving pictures, because it just has my favourite songs there, and I think the song will just find this work. Yeah, what a, what, a, what a sad loss that was. Uh, and at four is Ginger Baker, another member of the pre, Um ginger I think, looking at the evolution of, of it, it goes Ginger, Keith, and then onwards, you know. I think because you look at the way that Keith plays, he plays very much like Ginger. The difference with Ginger Baker was he wasn't very much like my people. But the second thing about Ginger is he was a completely wild card um, He held, held his sti- sticks, which I'll keep in mind He held his sticks in different ways of like overhand Very jazz driven um, He could get real power in the world, not so much He didn't hit them, but what he did, didn't strike them that hard He just caressed the skins almost, but made them sing and, and Ginger, for all of his incantations, you know, with BBW, with um, Harry Moore and um Bruce of um, um sorry Had going far there I'm sorry to um, did I did say this did you know I say Jack Bruce, Bruce. Uh, listen, I knew that, I just went yeah. sorry. Um, Jack Bruce, yeah, anyway. Gingerbreaker, uh, crazy as a cut snake, took it to the drums. I think most drummers really truly are not crazy, like goalkeepers. You know, you've got to stand in front of a ball and you kick a few million miles Now and dive into a hard ground. You have to this slightly crazy, it's the same with drummers. It just, you know, people said the drummers, drummers aren't, in, aren't a real member of the band or aren't really musicians or they can get fucked personally. Sorry, to put my French there. If you try to play the drums, it's not easy. In fact, it's very, very hard. Without them and without a decent drummer, your band really lacks behind their paper. And last of all, on the list, now, it wouldn't, be a night, it wouldn't be a heavy metal podcast in with without even mentioning Clyde Burr. Clyde Burr, the Iron Maiden's first drummer, sad story, you know, um, had MS, obviously um, couldn't play, the band had to find new drummer. He thought he was an, they thought it was alcohol, it turns out it was, because it was something a lot worse than that, sadly. Um, but he played drums, he swang, he had a swing. I heard a review once say that it was most the swing, the, his drum style was so. If you listen to the. Sorry, I'm going to my words mixed up here. But if you listen to any of the albums that he was on, a Number of the Beast is a classic example. Um, the, the drum styles on it, um, I Be Thy Name, right? The the, um, the syncopation, the swing on it, is just beautiful. It really is something beyond the metal. Obviously, you can't. Uh, you don't wake up in the morning and suddenly all you do is play heavy metal. You're a drummer, you, you have evolution as a musician. We've evolved from probably playing big band. This is the 70s, late 60s, probably playing um, pop covers, maybe even you know, Purples and things like that. But anyway, he had real swing. Very much akin to what John Bonham actually. Bonham had a beautiful swing. I think it was probably where Anyway, Clive, out of just remember the day he died. Weird. I know where I was. I know who I was talking to. Uh, there was, you know, was a work meeting, and I just like, yeah, couldn't think much after that. Anyway, that's for drummers. Um, I've got to sort of wind this up and drag in on a little bit. But, um, last but not least, I'm going to say. Someone said, "Where's your keyboards?" Now, not all bands have keyboards. babes does now. You know, um, there's only one for me. There's probably many, many of them out there. I've missed. Know much about, but the one I know is John Rule. Um the ivory tinkling, Hammond organ smashing, bearded longhead monster of Duper. Um, he truly. Oh, hang on. I'm, I you know what I am. I'm going to say I've got two. I'm going to say in the same breath. I'm going to say I'm with Keith Emerson, Emerson, Lake Palmer, and John Rawl. Um, John Rawl for his heaviness. for the introduction of the Hammond and the Rock, and the Swing, and the, just the roller coaster, the steamroller of, of the sound. Um, and Keith and his, his imaginative, flair stage work, he's, you know, using a paint roller, sticking blades in between the keys and rolling the keyboard over and knocking onto the stage, and, and not just that these his soundtrack work with um, when well, he wrote music Dario Argento, my favourite Italian horror director, you know, for movies like Inferno, just brilliant. Um, he was a true musician, and sadly a very sad man. And he took his own life, you know. He don't. I hope none of these, people, because that did that. But, um, shame there was someone that wasn't there for you. Anyway, that's how the dark side, dark, 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 dark no, sorry, So yeah, John Lord and Keydenson. Always oh, up and in my band. Um, I'd just like to say right there, the MP, if you want to, please send to me to heavymetaltones uh, at gmail.com, That's heavy tones at gmail.com, It's one word. I'd love to know he, any of the uh, your um, heroes what this you have, if they differ from me, um, and uh, another band name. You know, make it humorous if you want, make it serious if you want. I thought things like the most as an experience I've had that my off for some time um, I think that yeah, so always people I love it anyway something fun, something serious, whatever you want or you, or you can go to my Facebook page which is heavy metal, sorry and all, things heavy metal. I and all things heavy metal and you can sort of give me some information there anyway, thanks for listening guys it's been sort of a fun trip down the lane keep safe keep getting yourself I hope you're all getting jabbed, or if you can, that we can get out to live venues very soon. See you next week.